Look, we're all very impressed with Andy's new toy. Toy? T-O-Y. Toy. Excuse me, I, I think the word you're searching for is Space Ranger. The word I'm searching for, I can't say, because there's preschool toys present. Getting kind of tense, aren't you? Oh, uh, Mr. Lightyear, uh, now I'm curious. What does a space ranger actually do? He's not a space ranger. He doesn't fight evil or, or shoot lasers or fly. Excuse me. <laughs> oh, impressive wingspan. Very good. Oh, what? What? These are plastic. He can't fly. They are a terillium carbonic alloy, and I can fly. No, you can't. <laughs> yes. I can. You can. 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 I tell you, I could fly around this room with my eyes closed. Okay, then, Mr. Lightbeer, prove it. All right, then I will. Stand back, everyone. To infinity and beyond! Buzz says he can fly. Of course, Woody would call that falling with style, okay? And so Buzz and Woody uh, from the 1995 movie, can, does that just make you, make you feel like, wait, 1995? Wait a second. From the 1995 movie Toy Story, they didn't know that they were going to make three more movies together and become the best of friends, right? They had no idea because their relationship started out a little rocky with a little bit of conflict. I want to come back to that in just, just a minute here. Uh, we are T minus 24 hours until vacation Bible school, people. Can we praise God for, for that? I am so excited, so pumped. I see the kids going, yay! And, and a lot of you adults, you're going yay too because you know Vacation Bible School ain't just for the kids, right? Like, it is for all of us. And this is a time of year that we all discover anew. And again, that uh, as adults, we might teach the faith to kids, but kids teach adults how to live out the faith with the true heart of the faith. Can I get an amen? Amen. Uh, all right, so our theme is Planet Hope for Vacation Bible School. And there's a catchphrase, okay? And the catchphrase is to eternity and beyond. Now, can you take just a, a second to think, where might that inspiration have come, come from? <laughs> Jesus, what were you thinking? Uh, Buzz Lightyear just had an assist, okay? Jesus brings us to eternity and beyond, right? And so uh, there, that's the catchphrase. And uh, I want you to have a little bit of insider information before VBS even starts. So uh, here's how it works at VBS. What we'll do is we split the room right in half. You're sitting right in the middle, sir, and so you're just going to have to decide which side you're on. And this side over here, with all their might, will say, to eternity, and you punch the air. You don't punch people, okay? You punch the air, all right? I know some of you, you're tempted. I just watched a few of you do it, okay? Now punch the air. We'll tell the children that as well. And then this side over here, and beyond. Okay, you get how it works? Okay, so now here's the thing. The 8 o'clock service didn't have the coffee yet. So I need, I need you to, like, prove to me that, that you're not coffeeless. okay? All right, can we do that? Do you get what I'm saying? I know you're Lutheran, but, like, the day that a Lutheran sounds a little more Pentecostal, that's a good day, right? That's a real good day. All right, are you ready? One, two, three. To eternity! And beyond! 
I about started flying there. Okay, all right. Can we just stand up? We're going to stand up and do this because it's vacation Bible school in 24 hours. I'm just excited. I hope you're excited too. One, two, three. To eternity and beyond. That was awesome. Go ahead and sit down and tell the person next to you, you'd be great at vacation Bible school. You'd be great. Oh, man. That was fun. That was real fun. I, it's going to be a fun two weeks at Planet Hope. And so I hope every kid in your life gets an invitation from you. And if you're like, should I volunteer at Vacation Bible School? The answer is yes a million times. Uh, and so uh, we are just so excited for the next two weeks. And I want to ask you a question to get into our scripture for today. I want to ask you a question that this... It's kind of a tough question, okay? Most of us, we cross our arms to a question like this and say, that's not me, okay? But I want you to just kind of seriously wrestle with this question for just a minute. Uh, could it be possible, and I'm speaking mostly to the grown-ups in the room, okay, uh, myself included, could it be possible that in this season or in this stage of life or maybe just over the course of time, are you perhaps taking yourself too seriously? Buzz and Woody, they sure were. They were taking themselves way too seriously. See, Woody, he, he had status. He had position. He was, he was Andy's favorite toy. He was always the hero when Andy would play. He had the bedspread. And, and when Andy left the room, his spot was on, like he had the primo spot on the bed. Okay? He led toy staff meetings. He was the man. Then all of a sudden... Andy has a birthday, and some toy that thinks he's a space ranger comes in, and Buzz Lightyear all of a sudden, well, the bedspread changes, and Buzz Lightyear is also the hero now, and, and Woody starts to feel a little threatened. You ever felt like that at work? You ever felt like that in your friend group? We're like, wait, wait, I thought we were best friends. And now there's this other person? Wait, 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 I, I thought that I was... I'm important, right? And so Woody, he starts to feel threatened, but Buzz takes himself way too seriously as well. See, Buzz, he has this identity as, that he has, has prescribed to himself as a space ranger. Now, truth be told, the world crammed him into a little box, and he had this little like, like line that he read on the side of his box where he was uh, defending the galaxy from Emperor Zerg or something like that. And like, so he was put in a box, and the world told him what he was, and then he bought it. And so when anyone questioned it, he dug his feet into the ground and said, no, I can fly. Of course, Woody called it falling with style. And some of us, we, we take ourselves so seriously, too seriously, that we actually miss out on our purpose. This is what happened to Buzz and Woody. Buzz and Woody, they, they, the real reason that they were there was not to have status, not to assert their identity. It was to be Andy's toy. It was to play. And while they were busy, fighting for status, taking themselves so seriously, they forgot their purpose. And they were missing out on their best friend. It took them a whole, the whole first movie to figure it out. They had no idea they'd do three more together. Of course, the movie was a raging success, and Pixar wanted to do three more together. But the friendship, 
the purpose, it was, it was missing. Have you ever been there when, it, when it's like, man, I've been taking my career so serious? And by the way, please don't hear me saying, hey, we should not be serious ever. That's not true. You matter. Turn to the person next to you and say, you matter a lot. You matter a lot. And the reason that you matter is because you're made in the image of God. Whether you believe in God or not, God made you to reflect his light and his love into the world. He created you. And guess what? Guess what? You probably heard that Jesus loves you. Did you know God likes you? He likes you. Does that mean you're perfect and there's nothing that should ever change or that you have this perfect sense of your identity? No, none of us do. I'm still working on it. You're still working on it. We're all working on that. But when we take ourselves not like that, that we respect ourselves, but that we go beyond where we elevate ourselves, where we can't just be God's kid. We're missing our purpose and our relationships suffer. See, this has happened in my life in so many different ways, uh, and it happens like all the time. Even just this morning, I was getting ready. I, had, I was like, okay, I'm going to stand in front of a lot of people and preach God's word today. Uh, I need to make sure that my clothes match. And you wouldn't believe how many clothes I pulled out. And I was like, talk about taking yourself so seriously. Oh, my goodness. And, like, and then I was ironing my shirt, and some of you are like, you missed a spot. I'm like, I know, I, missed it. I couldn't get it out. I, I, was just, I was just taking myself so seriously. And it's in little things like that. But it shows up in my work life. It shows up in my parenting life. It shows up in our marriage. Some of us, we take our marriages so seriously, and we should take them seriously. But sometimes we take them so serious that there's no room for grace in our marriages, and it's like we're strangling them. Without serious, we're taking them because we value them, but we're suffocating them. Are you perhaps somewhere in your life taking yourself to Seriously, we went to the Omaha Zoo uh, about a week ago, and I took this uh, little day trip with our kids uh, to the zoo too seriously. Now, if there's anything that is going to help you if you take yourself too seriously, it's children, okay? Whether they're your children, someone else's children, just being around kids, it's going to help you because kids, they don't have status, okay? They don't have power. They go, blah, in the middle of worship services, and it's adorable, and we all love that, right? Yeah, that's right. Thank you. Right on time. <laughs> and here, here's the thing, is that kids, they humble us, right? Well, this is what happened with my kids. We were going to have this amazing day at the zoo. And uh, we, this is the best picture that I found from the day. Go ahead and, and uh, just put that up on the screen here. Maybe. There it is. Yep, there we are. Okay. Uh, there's, there's my two munchkins and my, my beautiful wife, Michelle. If you look closely, you can see the life being sucked out of my eyes. It's great. Uh, so, so there we are. We went to the Omaha Zoo. Normally we go to the Blank Park Zoo because, you know, it's local and we love it. And it's like a reasonable size for our children. We can do it in a, in a good amount of time. And it's a great zoo. We love it. And so we're like, yeah, let's go to the big one. We're going to drive to Omaha. So we drove our minivan, which every time I talk about my minivan, I feel like I have to defend myself as a man. Talk about taking yourself too seriously. Uh, and so we took the minivan and we drove out to, to the zoo. And, uh, you know, I wanted to have the great picture. I wanted my kids to be like, Daddy, you're so amazing for taking us to the zoo. Didn't happen. Okay. This just, I, didn't get, I didn't get the picture. I didn't get the, the you're so amazing for the zoo thing. Uh, and and I, I'll be honest, 
Um, like if you were to ask Michelle, how did that trip go? She'd probably say, well, Nick was not very happy most of the time. <laughs> and here's, here's the reason why, and maybe the reason why happiness seems to evade you sometimes, is that misplaced priorities leads to misplaced happiness. When your priorities are out of whack, that's the fastest way to lose stable ground and joy. And see, kids, they expose your priorities. You get busy and you have to say no to certain things. Your emotions get involved with them. Kids, it kind of like exposes what you value. Kids are, are like sponges. They're soaking up everything from you. And misplaced priorities, it leads to misplaced happiness. And, and as a youth pastor, i got to be honest with you, I talk with parents all the time. It's almost always moms. I don't know why dads don't ever call me, but moms are the ones that call me. Uh, come on, dads, we can talk too. Uh, and so moms call me, and they're like, can you fix my child? And I'm like, no, but uh, we can introduce them to Jesus and, uh, and that sort of thing. We can, there's all sorts of things that we can do to be helpful and serve you as a family. Uh, and so, but we're not in the child-fixing business. Uh, <laughs> Jesus can do that, though. He, he can do that. So moms call me, and, and we'll sit down, and, and they say the same thing that I feel about my kids. The way that before I had kids, the way I felt about myself or my friends or, or my family is I, I just want my kids to be happy. I want to be happy. And very rarely did I look at how I was living out my priorities as they, as they might be connected to the level of happiness and blessing that I was experiencing in my life. Like when, when, when you look at your calendar and you look at what you're valuing with your time, do you put what matters most in the calendar first or do you put what you're responsible for first? Wait, aren't they the same? Very rarely, actually, is what you're responsible for, what you could be punished for, what you might let someone down for, and the most important, exactly the same. That's hard, isn't it? That stresses me out. Maybe, well, maybe it does for you too. So how do we get this right? How do we start to get our priorities in, in line with what God has for us so we don't miss our purpose, so, so we're not missing out on, uh, on our, um, uh, the relational connections that we're meant to have, the blessings that God has for us? What do we do about all of that? Well, God gave us kids to show us the way. See, there was a time when Jesus was doing ministry, and he preached a sermon. And after he preached the sermon, uh, everybody kind of lined up to talk to Jesus personally. And so, like, at Hope, you know, maybe after a sermon, maybe a few people come down, and there's always, uh, you know, sometimes it's just people saying, hey, good job, or hey, thank you, or whatever. And sometimes people come down, and they're, like, in tears. Sometimes they go up to the prayer partners that we have on, on either side of, of this room, or if you're online, there's a prayer wall where you can submit prayer requests. And, and, uh, and so there's just, like, some heavy things that are going on. Now, this line for Jesus... It was like if all y'all got in line. And if all y'all got in line, it would take a long time, more than a day. See, there were people that were getting in line and they had leprosy. And they were like, I heard that Jesus, he can get rid of this leprosy and that would change my life. There were people that they were wrestling with demons. And whether you want to take that as a supernatural thing or just say that they were struggling really, really badly with their mental health, or maybe you're a parent like me and you wonder if your children are possessed sometimes, uh, you know? I I'm kidding. I'm kidding. So they're standing in line, 
And uh, the disciples are kind of like helping to manage the line. The disciples say, okay, what's going on with you? Oh, you know, my, I, I like am missing a leg. Or I am, uh, you know, I have leprosy. Or I have been wrestling with this. Or I have this, this big question that I have a really hard time with. And, and so they're like, okay, I think Jesus can help with that. And so they're managing the line. And then there's these kids. And they're, you know what kids are like in a line, right? Even if you don't have kids, you know what they're like in a line. They're like, I'm in a line. Time to scream. Ah! You know, like they're just a time to roll around on the floor or whatever it is that kids do because they're in a line. So they're being kids the whole time. And everyone's like, what are they doing? What are they? Are they doing? By the way, at this church, if your kid screams in line or in the middle of worship or in the middle of my sermon, uh, that just makes me happy because they're here. Can I get an amen? No, there should never be a frustrated glance at any parent that has brought their kid into the house of God. Can I get an amen? Not in this church, No. In fact, for those of you that are bringing a child in, into this building, or like if you're online and you have children that are like suffering around you, or suffering, you're like suffering. Uh, <laughs> hopefully they're not suffering. But there's children just running around and you're like trying to like listen to like three of the words of the message. That's worship. You are worshiping Jesus. You, you might feel like, did, uh, did I, I didn't think I got anything out of this sermon. No, you set an example that this matters for your child. That's worship. And that will speak volumes compared to anything that I'm going to say to you today. The example that you set. See, kids don't need our opinions. They need our example. And, and it's not just kids. It's us. It's the little kid inside of us. We don't just need people's opinions. We need an example. And Jesus is our example. And so one of the best things that you can do as a parent or as a coach or as a teacher or as a, just a person that you don't have any kids in your life and like, I should get kids in my life because I take myself too seriously. The best thing that you can do is bring them to Jesus. And so that's what these parents did. And, uh, and so they're getting to the front of the line and the kids are like, oh, there's Jesus, there's Jesus. And, and like the disciples are there and, they, and Jesus is working with that guy with leprosy or and whatever. And, and so uh, they're like, okay, parents, what's going on? Do you have some serious ailments? Are your kids possessed? They seem a little possessed. And, uh, and so they're just like, oh, we just thought it would be cool if our kids could, you know, see Jesus, just meet him. They're like, wait a, se wait a second. So you're telling me there's no leprosy, no demons, no nothing. You just want to see Jesus. Do you think this is Santa at the mall? What do you think this is? And so the disciples, they actually scolded these parents for wasting Jesus' time. And in one sense, you kind of can't blame them because there were a lot of people with some very serious things going on standing in line behind them. And there was a point where Jesus would have to call it a day. And they would miss out. And Jesus overhears this conversation. He sees it all. And he... Sometimes some of us think that Jesus doesn't get angry. Jesus got angry with his disciples. Because... Anything that stands in the way between him and God's kids, that makes him angry. If it's something on the calendar, mm -mm. if it's religious people that refuse to do what it takes to reach the next generation for Jesus, uh-uh. 
A lot of us, we hear all the time, God loves you, God loves you, God loves you. That never changes. And some of you, like, you know what it's like because maybe you have kids or you're married to somebody or you just, this is your friendships and you just get so mad. But your love doesn't change. Your anger is showing what's important. Now, here's the important thing, and the thing that's different about Jesus' anger and our anger. Sometimes our anger leads to, like, retribution or something. Jesus' anger just leads to, let me tell you how it is. And so that's what he does. He, he says, don't keep the kids from coming to me. The world says that they're the least important people. I'm about the least important people. You think you're important because you have status disciples, because you're a religious leader? Nope. You're here to serve them. And they just might teach you. He says, let the children come to me. And of course, this is when the kiddos, they get a big smile on their face and they wiggle out of the disciples' arms and they run to Jesus and they like tackle him, you know, because they're kids and, and that's what they do. And Jesus, like, I've seen lots of paintings and like uh, old school, you know, cartoon picture things of Jesus and the children. And Jesus is he's almost always like this. Hello, children. Do you think the children ran to, hello, children, Jesus? Do you, do you think so? I don't think so. I, I, think, I, I can't prove this. I'm pretty sure there was a tickle fight, okay? I, I'm pretty sure there was. So look at what Jesus said to his disciples, though, as this tickle fight ensued. This is, this is what he said. He said, for the kingdom of God belongs. Not is earned. Not is behaved into. Not is meeting requirements into. The kingdom of God belongs to those who are like these children. Well, what, are, what are those kids like? And then, then he goes on. He doubles down. And this is where like, the, there was a pit in the disciples' stomachs. And if you're a grown-up, you should pay attention to this. This is a big deal, okay? So this is what it says in the very next verse. He says this. He says, there it is. Come on. Almost there. Yeah, all right. I tell you the truth. Anyone, turn to your neighbor and say, you're anyone. You are anyone. I tell you the truth. Anyone who doesn't receive. Someone say receive. receive. Who doesn't receive. What is it to receive? It's not to take. It's not to grasp. It's not to, to earn. It's to receive. Which, by the way, isn't that what kids do? They got to be picked up. They can't even feed themselves. My kids... They can barely go to the bathroom themselves, okay? They need help. They receive everything. Anyone who doesn't receive the kingdom of God like a child will never enter it. You know what the kingdom of God is? A lot of times we use the word heaven. But Jesus, he used this term, the kingdom of God, because in heaven, and when heaven breaks through on earth... We get glimpses of what it's like when God is in charge and cancer doesn't get a say anymore. When death doesn't get a say anymore. When sin doesn't get a say anymore. When brokenness and racism don't, don't get a say anymore. They don't, have a, they don't have a place anymore. They don't even get to start talking anymore. And every tear is wiped away. And there'll be no more crying or sickness or pain. See, the kingdom of God, when Jesus showed up, the kingdom of God broke through into our planet. And he's saying, if you want to enter it, you got to do it like a 
kiddo. Because kiddos receive. And adults, they take care of themselves, don't they? They have status and power. Did you know for every two steps you take, it takes a toddler seven? It's a lot of work being a toddler. Did you know for all the things that you might learn in a day, maybe you're the type of, maybe you're like me, you're a dad and you say things like, well, learn something new every day. That's, that's one of those dad phrases, you know. They're learning so many new things every day. Most of it from your example. And kids, they don't have the capability of being pretentious or to be too full of themselves. They might be selfish, but we're all selfish. Kids don't have that possibility, but as grown-ups, we do. And so Jesus says, why don't you lay that down and receive from me? These kids, they jumped into my arms. And so Jesus, he, he's like bringing them uh, into his lap and he's laughing and has his tickle fight. And, and then it says that he touched their heads, looked them in the eyes, smiled at them. He, he blessed them. And it wasn't like, oh, I bless you. It was... <laughs> it was him blessing them and reminding them who they are. There's a little child inside of all of us that needs reminded who we are. I believe Jesus wants to do that for you, for me. And every child in your life needs reminded who they are and whose they are. So many of us, so many of us, we're doing everything that we can to make sure our kids are successful so they'll be happy. We're doing everything that we can to make sure that we are successful so we'll be happy. And Jesus says, you know, that's, I, I get what you're doing, I see what you're doing, but how's it going for you? Let me show you a better way. What if you were like one of these kids? There's four things that I've just, just and there's way more things than this, but there's just four of them I want to share with you. That if for you, you know, like feeling like you're close with God just hasn't ever really worked, or maybe it hasn't been working lately, maybe this is it. These are, these are just four characteristics of kids, okay? Uh, and so I, I think that we as grown-ups, these are some things we can learn from the kiddos. And when you look at kids, one of the things that you quickly learn is that kids, they're looking for answers. You don't even have to be a parent to know that kids, when they learn that word why, they don't ask it once. They ask it a lot. Why, 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 why? And eventually as parents we do that thing where we say, it just is, okay? And some of you here, you've had that with your faith. Explain this to me. Why, why about that thing in the Bible? Why, 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 why? And maybe some, some religious leader like me eventually said, it just is, okay? But you know what the difference is between kids and grown-ups? What kids do is they say, well, that wasn't satisfying. And then they just keep asking questions. Because they're searching for the answer still. They know that they don't know at all just because someone else doesn't know how to explain it to them. See, what, what we do is we, we say, well, someone can't answer my question. God must not exist. I, I get it. I get it. But as soon as you stop the search, why do you think you'd find anything better? 
What, because you did a Google search, you think you understand the mysteries of God? You watched a YouTube video, you think you understand the mysteries of God? No, no. God and his love is so much bigger than any of us can comprehend. It's like trying to explain algebra to a toddler. It's not that a toddler won't know it one day. It's that a toddler's not capable of knowing how advanced it really is. So keep looking. Here's the good news. You don't have to hide your questions. In fact, we have ministries specifically designed to create a safe space for people to ask the questions that they feel a little embarrassed to ask. Try the Alpha course if you haven't done that before here at Hope. Or after Alpha. Oh, I've done those things. I've talked to a pastor. Keep looking like the kids. Kids are looking for answers. Here's another thing that I've learned about kids firsthand. Is that kids are very messy. Okay? They're very, very messy. And um, they're very capable of making a mess. But they cannot clean it up very well, can they? Can I get an amen from every parent, grandparent, uncle, aunt, and every single person in the house? Okay. Now here's the deal. Some of you have teenagers. And you're like, "They, they are capable. But they just won't do it the way they're supposed to. You're right, you're right, okay? Like, you're right, they, they, they won't. But they started to get a little power and a little, little status and they could push back a little bit. And so, so anyway, uh, that, that's another sermon, different time. But like the little kids, okay, this is probably my fault as a parent. I shouldn't keep the cereal boxes so low or I should like lock the pantry or something. But my, bless my little daughter's heart. She's the cutest little princess. I just love those little cheeks. I just want to pinch them. But when she gets the cereal box... We might have just cleaned the whole house. One cereal box is destroyed. And she doesn't just go for the Cheerios like a normal kid. She gets the frosted mini wheats and she crushes them up and spreads them out all over the house. It's like there's sand everywhere. Okay? You can, you can, you can sweep and vacuum and, and still have little crunchies on the bottom of your feet the next day. Okay? And she does this thing. It's real cute. It's real cute. I mean, it's cute, probably cute to you and not so cute to me sometimes. But she'll get the little, to- there's a little like toy broom set. Okay, and she'll come out and, and we'll be sweeping for the 12th time. And she comes out and she's like, I'm helping. <laughs> and she's just spreading out the mess and making it even worse. Like we'll have a pile right there that we worked real hard. We're ready to scoop it up in a little, little basket. And she's like, Ta-ha! and it's like, Emma, Grace, Brandon, can you cut that out? You think you're cleaning yourself up, but you, you, can't, even, you can't even begin to do that. A lot of times before I, I preach, or, or just like speak publicly, I, I hug my children very carefully because I'm worried about getting the dad badge, which is snot on your shoulder. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Uh, or, or just like, like if they're eating, I just careful. like sometimes they'll be eating breakfast when I'm leaving to, to get to church. And so I give them a hug like this, love you, and then I put them down. And uh, it's just like, it's like a hand hug around their belly or something, you know. And because uh, you talk about taking yourself so seriously, right? Uh, But our Heavenly Father, He's not like that. You're messier than you think. And He says, climb into my lap. And perhaps the reason why the kingdom of God has felt so far for you is simply because you've been trying to clean up with a little toy broom. And God's saying, you're not even cleaning yourself up. Why don't you climb into my lap and let me clean you up? Kids need help with their mess. 
So kids, they keep asking questions. They need help with their mess. Here's something that, that you don't have to have kids to know. Kids cry. And they cry a lot. Okay? At our house, there's almost always crying. And if all the crying stops, we're like, what's wrong? Something's wrong. There, there's trouble about to ensue. Okay? And so kids, they cry out. Uh, some of you, you might know this kid. The, he's called the Northwestern kid. He was watching this basketball game. And, and every time that the opponents would score, he would just like an ESPN cop. This, he just like... Ah, just like, just let out this cry of pain and agony, and it became a meme, and it was, you know, really funny. But why do kids do that? Why do they cry so much? Is it because they don't have any emotional regulation? Well, yeah, that's a fancy word for a filter, right? They're a little more honest, because if we didn't have our filters... We'd be crying a lot more, too. Some of you are like, I'm a man. I don't take myself seriously, but I don't cry either, right? Oh. Maybe the reason why connection has been so difficult with God, with your friends, with your kids, with your significant other. And I don't mean to just pick on the men, but I think that men, we struggle with this a lot is that we think we got to hold it together to be, you know, an example. I was writing this part of the message, and I, I was kind of getting stuck, and I, I uh, heard my son downstairs, and he was just being cute. I don't know what he was doing, but I'm like, I need a break. I'm going downstairs. And, uh, and I was feeling kind of nervous about today. And I was like, do I, do I need to just kind of, like, make sure he doesn't see that? You know, let me, let me just put my... Hey, daddy's okay, face on. And I was like, well, you should probably practice what you preach, Nick. So I, I went down and um, I said, son, uh, daddy's feeling a little nervous for a sermon. And you know what that kid did? He prayed for me. He's three years old. He prayed for me. And you're like... He's a pastor's kid. He probably prays about everything. No, sometimes we question if he's possessed by a demon. Uh, and, but he, he's not. But he prayed for me. And I'll tell you, it was simple. He said, dear God, please help daddy with sermon. And give him what he needs. Amen. And that's what I needed. That's exactly what I needed. It was simple. It wasn't complicated. We complicate things so much. And sometimes because I'm afraid that of crying out, I'm setting an example where he would be afraid to cry out. And is it any wonder that so many of us feel so disconnected? Maybe it's time to cry out to our Heavenly Father again. Did you know the neuroscience says that if you don't embrace negative emotion, you shut off your positive emotion? Is it any wonder that we feel so gray and depressed and anxious as a society? Maybe it's time to cry out again. Number four is kind of a, the same as number three. It's that, that filter thing. See, here's the difference between kids and grown-ups sometimes. Maybe especially in a Lutheran church. It's the kids are ready to let loose, okay? Like when you come to vacation Bible school, the kids are just, they're dancing, okay? And, and it's, it's way better than that. Uh, but like when you see the kids dancing, you're like, I will look ridiculous because they're having so much fun. I want to have that fun, much fun too. But also they're looking at, you. And are they willing to let loose? 
Because did you know the reason why adults aren't willing to let loose, but kids are, are willing to let loose? It, and I'm not talking about like, it's Friday, let loose, woo. I'm talking about like, in the presence of God, to be exactly who you are, to let your joy just emerge, to express it with everything in you. The reason why most of us struggle to do that is because we learned to struggle to do that. We developed a filter over time. And that filter has also filtered out our joy. Kids don't have it because the kids, we might teach the faith to kids, but the kids teach us how to live out the faith. See, kids let loose. When's the last time that you let loose with God? Where you were your true and authentic self with him? See, Jesus, he said that unless you receive the kingdom of God like a child, going to miss it. It's for you. You can receive it. You can let loose. You can cry out. You can ask your questions. And you can even climb into his lap. The mess that you might be. No more pretense. Like a child. It's not ignorant faith or naive faith. It's childlike. See, Buzz and Woody, they figured this out. Buzz and Woody, they, they got lost because they were taking themselves so seriously. And, and eventually they ended up at Sid's house, which is the equivalent of ending up at Satan's house. Okay, uh, Sid was like the bad guy that was like blowing up toys and like tearing them apart. And so he strapped a rocket on Buzz Lightyear's back and he was going to blow them up. Well, they escaped because they're, they're trying to get into the moving truck. Because Andy, their master, their, their owner, the kid that they love and that loves them, they're moving to a new house and they'd be lost forever. And it's so interesting because the rocket that was intended to destroy Buzz Lightyear became the solution for them to get home. See, there's a kid in our church, his name's Calvin he just turned five, but when he was four, just very recently, he was in a car accident. Just outside of Hope here, just, just uh, uh, right here on the street. He was in a car accident. His, mom was, his mom's on staff here. His mom was driving by, and someone just rammed right into the side where Calvin was in his car seat. When the officers arrived, they said, Calvin shouldn't be here. Calvin should need to go to the emergency room, but he didn't need to go to the emergency room. He had a couple scratches and bruises. But he was pretty much fine. Mom got out of the car, still had her staff lanyard on. She told me I could tell you this. Started cussing out the guy, because that's real. He started cussing out the guy that hit him because Mama Bear was coming out. You know what Calvin did? Calvin said, it's okay, everyone makes mistakes. Calvin taught his mom grace that day. Later, Calvin said to, to his mom, you know, Mom, I think the reason that we didn't get hurt is because I saw Jesus in the car. And he was like protecting us. And if you're a skeptic here today and you have lots of questions, you might say, oh, of course a kid would say that. But you didn't see the circumstances, did you? And if you would have, you might be wondering, hmm, maybe he did. Judge for yourself. Like any kid, Calvin 
started having some nightmares about the car accident. So he told his mom, he said, I just want to go to, to God so that the nightmares will go away. And sometimes it's the thing that God meets us in. The pain that God meets us in. The struggle that God meets us in. That God uses to show us that he is a safe place. That we can be exactly who we are, the mess that we are, in the trouble that we are. And we're loved. And he's for us. And the kingdom of God belongs to us. That the rocket that's been strapped to our back, that's been intended to destroy us, God will meet us there. And that's exactly how Buzz and Woody, the childlike person that had no sense of their identity, and then the guy that was so responsible like all of us grown-ups, they ended up flying home together. We teach the kids the faith. They teach us how to live it out. Take a look at what happened to Buzz and Woody. <laughs> you did it! Next stop, Andy! Wait a minute. I just lit a rocket. Rockets explode! truck. Hey, wow! What? What is it? Woody! Buzz! Oh, great. You found them. Where were they? Here in the car! See? Now, what did I tell you? Right where you left them. To infinity and beyond. To eternity and beyond. There is something so powerful about being reminded of who you really are. Yes, Buzz Lightyear was a space ranger, but he was a toy and he was Andy's toy. He had his name inscribed on the bottom of his foot. Woody, he, he was Andy's favorite toy. And maybe things looked differently. Maybe things were moving. But Andy hadn't decreased any of his love for Woody. Maybe today God is calling you into a childlike faith. Look at this, this last Bible reading from, uh, from uh, the first chapter of John. It says, but to all who believed him and accepted him, that's how you receive. He gave the right to become children of God. You have the right 
to be God's kid. And when you have God as your heavenly father, you know where you're going. You know what matters most. You know how you're to live. You're free to let your joy exude. You're free to cry out. You can ask all the questions that you want when you know that you're God's kid. And what would happen if instead of trying to get all the kids in this community to get a bunch of trophies and and ribbons that they're going to forget about and that they aren't going to last, what would happen if every single child in this community knew exactly who they were? That they just didn't have an opinion, they had an example. And that they were experiencing the mighty, unmatched love of God for themselves. Because they too are child of God. Next two weeks, that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to point them to Jesus and Planet Hope Vacation Bible School. I hope every kid in your life gets an invitation. I hope you come too. Because the kids, we teach them the faith, but the kids teach us how to live it out. So I want to give you a glimpse of what it looks like. I I think that we should maybe end this sermon kind of the way that we started it. So are you ready? You remember which side you're on? Okay. Are you ready? To eternity and beyond. To eternity. Awesome. Take, take a look at what VBS is going to look like starting in 24 hours. Ignition sequence start. All systems go to eternity and beyond. Praise God for what he's going to be doing in the next couple weeks. Okay, in true VBS fashion and you kiddos in the crowd, you're going to know exactly how to do this. I want everyone to take your God hand. We do this at VBS. This is how we pray at VBS every day. Take your me hand, put them together. Look what happens when we pray. We get real close. And I want everyone to repeat out loud after me. Dear God, thank you so much. For Vacation Bible School and how the kids teach the grown-ups. Thank you, God, for sending Jesus and his amazing love. May so many kids and so many grown-ups experience it. We pray this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, oh!